How you doing, Woodland Church? Yeah, what a great group. Um, I am so glad you're here as we're kicking off this brand new series that I've been praying about, thinking about, getting ready for for quite a long time, our kickoff of the fall. See, I remember the first time I saw the ocean. It was when I was about six years old. We were on a family vacation to Miami Beach, Florida, and I thought it was amazing to get to splash around in the waves as they came on shore and put my feet in the ocean. I thought it couldn't get any better than this. But I remember the first time I snorkeled a coral reef. It was about 15 years later. And I put on the mask, started swimming, and I was in awe of all the colorful tropical fish and the sea creatures that make the reef their home. I just couldn't believe it. It opened up a whole new world. To be on the surface of the ocean and to see down into it, I thought it couldn't get any better than this. But then when my kids were teenagers, we all started taking scuba diving lessons and we all got our sea cards. And I thought snorkeling was amazing. But to dive deeper below the surface and get up close with the fish, it was a whole new mind-blowing world. And we never went back to just snorkeling. It took us to a whole new level that was just so exciting. Most relationships today stay at a surface level because they don't know any different. They don't know what they're missing out on. They're always arguing about the same surface level issues and not getting anywhere. Most relationships just get stuck at a shallow connection but God designed you to go deeper. That's why it feels like something is missing in your life when your relationship with God and others is at a shallow level. You don't know what you're missing, but you know you're missing something. And that's why we're kicking off this series this weekend, Diving Deeper. It's all about getting beneath the surface with God and others. And it opens up a whole new world of fulfillment and joy and meaning. It's why God made you so that you can be in relationship. It opens up a whole new world and it gives you a deeper love and you experience what love is all about, a love that will anchor you in the storms of life. What we're talking about here is what the Bible calls fellowship. Now, when we use the word fellowship, we've kind of lost its original meaning because we usually talk about fellowship as maybe eating together at church or hanging out with some Christian friends. But fellowship, that's part of fellowship. That's an important part of fellowship, having fun together, hanging out together, but it goes much deeper than that. Fellowship really means loving and being loved at the deepest level. And that's the way God loves us, and he wants us to experience this kind of love. And it's really beyond human comprehension because it's divine. It's a love with an unbreakable connection. So I want you to open your Bibles to the book of Romans, Romans 8, 38, and would you stand in honor of God's word, Woodland Church, and just follow along with me. This is the kind of love that fellowship is all about. For I'm convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in God's creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Dear God, I thank you that you want us to be in a connection with you that can never be separated. And Lord, I thank you that you want us to have some people in our lives where they know all about us and yet they love us. You want us to be in fellowship, Lord, and that's what the church is all about. And Lord, we were made for fellowship. And so I pray over the next several weeks that you would just open up our hearts and eyes to really see what we're missing out on so that we can dive a little deeper. And as we dive a little deeper in our relationship with you and others, we would just experience, Lord, just healing and fulfillment and joy like never before. And Lord, as we kick off this series, I know that you're gonna do miracles in relationships and marriages and in families Lord, our culture so works against fellowship, but I know, Lord, that you can do miracles in the middle of all of our messes. 
in these confusing times, you wanna just reach down, Lord, and speak right to our hearts. And I pray for everyone who's worshiping with us online, maybe on the other side of the world, everyone here at the Woodlands campus or one of our satellite campuses, that you would just speak to every one of us, Lord, in our hearts. Let everyone know that you know their name, you know what they're going through, and you have the power to do something about it. For it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. You can be seated. Hey, I have to admit that I like simple, safe dives. You know, I'm talking about diving, that I have my diving certificate and all that, but I'm, I'm just a beginner. Um, you know, I, I've been diving for years, but I haven't done a lot of dives. And so I really like the simple, safe dives, the kind where you go down to a depth of about 40 or 50 feet in clear water, and you can touch the ocean floor, and then you look up and you see the surface and the sun shining through the water, and it's just beautiful, and you can relax and just slowly paddle your fins and enjoy the beauty of God's underwater creation. It's just a relaxing thing. But when the boys were teenagers, however, that wasn't good enough for them. They needed something a little more dangerous, a little more exciting, like diving shipwrecks or diving deeper or diving with sharks, which I have done all those things, reluctantly, but I would do these dives with them to be with them to make sure that they were safe because I'd be concerned about them. And, and then when I would do the dives, I'd be real concerned about me as sharks would be bumping into me, you know, as we're feeding the sharks. Why are we doing this? This is crazy. You know, what a stupid way to die. You know, it's just like, why? But, but I would always, like, I, I, I needed to go with them. Chris or I would always go with them because oh, we got to watch out for them. And I remember one wreck dive. It was a small Coast Guard vessel that was intentionally sunk because it was old and it was just there for divers. And the dive master told us before the dive when we were on the boat, he said, you're gonna love this. We are gonna go inside the hull. We're gonna go through some windows and we're gonna go all through the boat, all through these narrow passageways. And uh, we're gonna go to the eating quarters, the sleeping quarters. And we're gonna go, you know, where the captain would be and all these things. And, and I'm thinking, man, this sounds pretty spooky to me. But he said, just stay close to me and you'll be okay. So he was the first to go into the water and then my boys followed and then I brought up the rear. It was just us. And we went down, got down to where the small ship was and and then we went inside and it was pretty amazing. And the dive master then, as we had gone through several openings, he went through a little window opening and my boys just quickly followed and they were getting further ahead of me. I'm pretty slow and so I tried to hurry through that opening and I was halfway through the opening and I hear this ping and I was stuck. My tank got stuck in the opening and I couldn't go forward, I couldn't back out. I looked ahead, the dive master and my boys were long gone, they were nowhere in sight and then I started to panic and I'm thinking, I don't think I have enough air to be down here long enough to lose a couple of pounds so I can squeeze through this thing. I don't think that's going to work. My tank was stuck, but I think my body was the problem. And, and then I started to wonder, is this like Mount Everest? I mean, if you die in a shipwreck, they just leave you there? You know, and 20 years later, somebody scubas past you. Yeah, we call him the big guy. He got stuck here in 2010, you know? Yeah, barnacles have grown over him, so you can't really recognize him, but... I mean, I'm just wondering all these horrible things, and, and I remembered my training finally. Don't panic, don't panic, don't panic, don't panic. So I started to breathe slowly, and then I started slowly working my way back and forth. I knew I had a lot of air left, even if my boys didn't care about me and the dive master wasn't doing his job. He was probably been smoking weed all afternoon, hanging out on the beach. And I'm thinking, just going to relax. I've got plenty of air. God's taking care of me. And finally, I slowly worked myself out of it. And I was unstuck. But later, I've thought about this. You know, all close relationships at times get stuck. You hit a stalemate where you're not making any progress. And by the way, the top five causes of arguments in marriage are money, sex, 
in-laws, parenting, and work. Some of you guys are going, man, we're batting a 1,000. That's awesome. You know, we argue about all five of those things. It's great. You know, there are times when a close relationship is going to get stuck, or arguing over the same surface-level issues over and over again, dealing with the same stuff, but it's those times when you get stuck that are really opportunities that wake you up to the fact that you need to go deeper and to get closer. You need to move to a closer and deeper place. Really, when you get stuck, that's just an invitation to fellowship. That's just a wake-up call that says, wait a minute, you need to take some deep breaths here and realize that you've gotta go deeper and you've gotta get closer and you've gotta do the work to do that because all close relationships get stuck at times and it's just an invitation to fellowship and all close relationships go through times when they start to take on water and sink. In marriage, it usually starts to happen about a week after the honeymoon. Sometimes, you know, the first day after the honeymoon. And sometimes a relationship has to wreck and hit rock bottom. The amazing thing is, many times a relationship wreck is the only thing that can take a relationship to the deepest, most rewarding level of fellowship. Sometimes a marriage has to sink before it can soar. Sometimes a friendship has to wreck before you find the real rewards. In the 1960s, a pioneer scuba legend Melvin Fisher was almost bankrupt. He had mounting bills, so he moved his family from California to Florida, all in search of where the gold coins were coming from that had been washing up on Vero Beach. And so Fisher then started his company of treasure hunters, and Fisher struggled through years of hard times, just diving for treasure off the Florida Keys, not finding anything. But every day, his motto was, today is the day. He would say it over and over again. Today is the day, and then he would go out and find nothing over and over again, year after year. But finally, in 1980, he found the remains of the Santa Margarita, and inside that Sunken ship was $40 million worth of gold bars and silver ingots. And then a few years later, he found the main hull of the 1622 wreck of the Spanish ship, the Atoka, which contained a treasure valued at around $450 million. You see, Melvin Fisher never gave up. He kept going deeper. He, he kept getting closer and closer, and he was convinced that he would find unimaginable treasure in those shipwrecks. And I'm convinced there's unimaginable treasure in every relationship wreck. The great treasure of fellowship is often buried inside the wreck. Inside the wreck, those wrecks that we have in our lives, those failures, the pain, the problems, the hardships, inside those wrecks are the greatest treasures. And sometimes the greatest treasures are buried the deepest. Could it be that today is the day? Today is your day to really discover this and it will change everything about your closest relationships. I want us to look at a shipwreck in scripture today where Paul was placed on board a ship going to Rome. He was falsely accused and imprisoned, and then he was sent to Rome to stand trial. And right before they set sail, Paul told the centurion Roman guard that was guarding him, hey, God's told me that if we set sail now, it's gonna cause danger for every one of us. We're not supposed to sail yet. Well, the centurion listened to the boat captain and all the experts and they set sail anyway. They didn't listen to God, what he was saying through Paul. They set sail and they went into a terrible storm. And after several days of the ship being battered by this storm, the whole crew, all the passengers, gave up all hope of ever making it through. But right in the middle of the storm, Paul stands up and he says this to them. And by now they're listening to Paul. In Acts 27, verse 23, Last night, God's angel stood at my side, an angel of this God that I serve, saying to me, don't give up, Paul. 
You're going to stand before Caesar yet, and everyone sailing with you is also going to make it. So, dear friends, take heart. I believe God will do exactly what he told me, but we're going to shipwreck on some island or another. Paul stands up, and he says, yep, I told you not to sail, but you did it anyway. We wouldn't be in this situation, but, but I got great news for you. We're going to be in a shipwreck. This ship is going to wreck. It's going to be destroyed, but that's going to be the start of the miracle because the ship's going down, but you're not. God's going to save you through this. That's the good news. And I believe with all my heart that many times it takes a relationship to start to sink. Sometimes a relationship has to wreck before it can be repaired, before it can be raised, before you can find the treasure. And the treasure is right there in the wreck. So if a relationship is going to go to, from wreck to treasure, first you have to inspect the wreck. You gotta inspect the wreck. Have you ever seen those you know, shows on Discovery Channel where uh, these underwater explorers go down many times with robotic submersibles and they'll get really close to a sunken ship deep down or, or maybe they find a, a U-boat from World War II and, and what they do is the forensics. They're trying to shine a spotlight on the damage to the vessel to try to figure out what sunk it. Maybe there's a controversy in the historical record of how the U-boat sunk and they're gonna discover why it sunk and they may find where a depth charge exploded next to it and caved in the, the hull or, and, and they do all the forensics and they inspect the wreck. And if you're gonna find treasure in those wrecks of your life, you've gotta inspect the wreck. You know, if your marriage relationship is sinking, then you've got to inspect and you've got to look at why is it sinking. If you've just hit the rocks, then you've got to find out where did we take a wrong turn. And so if you're going to find the treasure of fellowship, being loved and loving at the deepest level, then you've got to take a hard look at why it's sinking right now or why it's sunk and so I wanted to share with you three causes of relationship wrecks that we need to be aware of. And then if you're right in the middle of one of these, I got good news for you. There's such treasure in it. If you'll stop and you'll look and you'll inspect the wreck. First is the iceberg of indifference. See, all relationships naturally drift apart over time. And if you don't do anything intentionally to grow closer or to go deeper, then I guarantee you that over time your relationship will drift apart and eventually you'll hit the iceberg of indifference and it will sink. If you're not doing anything intentionally, purposefully, really working hard at it, then your relationship is just gonna drift apart over time because relationships never stand still. They're either growing deeper or they're drifting apart. That's just the way it works. That's just what happens naturally and a lot of times in relationships, you think that everything's just gonna work out fine, everything's gonna go great, we don't really have to work at it if we're really in love or if we're really true friends or if we're really business partners that really understand each other, we don't really have to work at it because we just get it. You know, you just, you're in a relationship with the right person and it all works out perfectly. No, nothing can be further from the truth. All relationships naturally drift apart. Several years ago, my family and I went to New Braunfels to float down the Guadalupe River on tubes. And we hadn't done it in a while. And, you know, I remember doing that often, you know, when I was in college and a young man, you know, we used to do that all the time and have a lot of fun. So we brought our whole family and thought this is going to be amazing. And so we got into the river, we got our tubes and Chris said, hey, Carrie, I've got some rope that I brought. I go, really? Why? And she said, because we can tie all our tubes together and we won't drift apart. And I said, that seems like a lot of work, and the water's not moving very fast. I don't think we need that. She says, okay. So I got in my tube. We all got in our tubes, and I, I got comfortable, and I just laid my head back and closed my eyes and just floated slowly down the Guadalupe. And about five minutes later, I opened my eyes, and we were all over that river, totally drifted apart. I mean, half the family I couldn't even see. And I looked up, and I was drifting right into a group of about 15 
redneck river people. You know the kind I'm talking about, you know? They're always there. Same 15, seems like. They're always there. Proud of that beer belly. Yeah, they're always there. Great, great folk. But um, floated right into it, and they had ropes, and there were 15 ice chests for 15 people. And they were all full of beer, and Jack Daniels were playing some good country music, and, and I just, they just opened up, you know, and I just came right in. And I'm in the middle of these guys, floating down the Guadalupe. And they go, welcome, welcome, dude, man, we're so glad you're here. Woo. Hey, you need anything to drink? We're here. It's great. And they said, are you from Texas? And I go, yeah. They go, awesome. You're welcome here. And I was just kind of stuck, and I realized right away that if I didn't want this trip down the Guadalupe River to turn into a trip down Whiskey River, I was going to have to do something pretty quickly and intentionally. And I go, guys, you're awesome. I mean, they would have made a great small group. They were awesome. <laughs> it's the kind of life group you want to be in. But anyway, um, very, very loving, very loving. And I, but I said, hey, hey, sorry about this, you know. You guys are great, and then I got to get back to my wife somewhere over there. And so I got back to Chris, paddled as fast as I could, and I said, where's that rope? We're going to need that rope. But, you know, all relationships are like that. They naturally drift apart, and if you're not doing anything intentional to really go, go closer, I can guarantee you you're drifting apart, and eventually you will hit the iceberg of indifference, and you'll start to sink. In Acts 27, 14 and 15, it says, before very long, a wind of hurricane force called the Northeaster swept down from the island. The ship was caught by the storm and could not head into the wind. So we gave way to it and we were driven along. So as Paul's ship gets hit by this Northeaster, the men try to fight against it, but they can't. It's the wind and the current is too strong and so they just give up and they give way to it. And that's what happens in our culture today, in our self-centered me-first culture. I mean, these winds are always battering the relationship. These winds are always trying to tear up fellowship. Everything in our culture today seems designed to rip apart close relationships. It seems designed to stop any relationship from getting to the depth of fellowship. And if you're not doing anything intentional and you're here today, that's intentional. Be here through this series you know, get into a life group, start doing some intentional things, action points to grow deeper, and we're gonna talk about that all through the series, because if you're not, you will hit the iceberg of indifference, and you'll just give way to it, and this culture will just drive you along until you hit the iceberg of indifference. But then there's the reef of resentment. A lot of ships, as I've looked at this, have been sunk on coral reefs because those creatures, those little creatures, you know, it just grows and grows and grows and grows. And, and sometimes a ship would come through and they would be able to make it through the reef years before, but now the reef is bigger and they would hit the coral reef and it would rip right through their hull and the ship would sink. And that's the way it is with resentment. You see, if you don't handle your anger correctly, and we're gonna talk some about this in the series if you don't express it correctly, if you don't know how to get it out, if you don't know how to deal with conflict, if you don't know how to fight, because you will fight, and you'll have to fight to have a deep connection. But a lot of times we fight each other. And if you don't understand this, then resentment starts building up. And that resentment is like a coral reef. It just builds up bigger and bigger and bigger over time, and eventually it will sink your relationship. It will build up until it rips into your hull, until it tears your relationship apart. And so the reef of resentment, it says here in Hebrews 12, 15, watch out that no bitterness take root among you, for as it springs up, it causes deep trouble, hurting many in their spiritual lives. Instead of deep joy and deep fulfillment in a deeper relationship, resentment just causes deep trouble because it always starts deep. When you stuff that anger down, it goes deep and then it changes. There's a chemical reaction. When you hold on to anger, it turns into bitterness. It becomes a root of resentment and it grows and it grows until finally it destroys the relationship. But then I also want you to see that there's the torpedo of broken trust. 
when trust gets torpedoed, a relationship just sinks fast. And it takes time to build trust back. But until you realize that you've torpedoed the relationship by torpedoing trust, then you're gonna wanna hurry up the process. But it takes time to rebuild trust. Now, forgiveness is something that should happen instantly, the Bible tells us. In fact, don't ever let resentment come into your life. Paul was placed on this ship. He couldn't do anything about it. He warned them, hey, this is not a good idea. They did it anyway. And he was about to be in a shipwreck because of their mistakes. They screwed up, but he was gonna experience the pain of this. And sometimes the person that you're connected with They make the bad decision. They make the terrible mistake. Or they betray your trust, and and you're in it with them no matter what. You start to sink with them, and, and you need to forgive right away because Christ commands it for your sake so bitterness doesn't come up in your life because a lot of people are holding on to past resentment. They hold on to that past resentment, and it just hurts their relationships in the present. They're letting someone from the past keep hurting them today, and so we choose to forgive. Whether you feel like it or not, you just choose to forgive But trust is a different thing. It takes time to build trust back. And a lot of times people will say, well, I can't forgive them because, you know, if I do, it means that they're just gonna hurt me like that again. And it's like, no, you you don't have to get back into that relationship in that way. It's gonna take time for them to build trust back. And it takes just one truth at a time over time, one truth at a time, one truth at a time, one truth at a time. Here, here's the secret to it, First John 1, 6. It says, if we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live out the truth, but we walk in the light as he is in the light. We have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. So fellowship, that deepest level of love, being loved at the deepest level, is built on truth. Fellowship is built on truth because all relationships are built on trust and you can't have trust without truth. And so when trust has been torpedoed, it takes time to build that trust back and everything has to come into the light. Everything has to come into the truth. All the brokenness, all the baggage, all the mess ups, all the sins, everything has to come into the light and We have to live in the light because you can only be loved to the extent you're known. To be completely loved means to be completely known, the good, bad, and the ugly, completely. And so that's the risk that has to take place. And I talk to people all the time that says, you know, I I don't get it. I'm not the same person anymore, but they still don't trust me because it takes time to build trust back one truth at a time. And the reason why we don't wanna be known, the reason why we hide, the reason why we keep things in the dark is usually because of the shark of shame. Well, if they really know me, they're not gonna like me. If they really know all the ugliness, then there's no chance of a deep relationship. And we sabotage ourselves because of the shark of shame. And we try to hide and we try to cover up. And we're gonna talk about the shark of shame in a couple of weeks. So don't miss that one because we all deal with it. Almost all close relationships will experience a wreck where everything is sinking, but it's what you do in the middle of the wreck that will determine if the relationship will be torn apart or if it will go to that deepest level of fellowship and you'll find the treasure in the wreck. Many times to go to fellowship, a relationship has to come to the place where it wrecks has to come to that place where it hits the iceberg of indifference or trust is torpedoed. It has to come to the place where the reef of resentment builds up enough to where you realize, hey, this is a shipwreck. But it's in the very shipwreck that you find the greatest treasure. If you look hard enough, that's where it's at. It's not on the surface where everything seems great. It's in the deepest wreck That's where you find it, in the deepest pain. And so I wanna share with you four treasures that you need to search for in the relationship wrecks. First, the treasure of a new priority. 
the treasure of a new priority. It says in Acts 27, 18, we took such a violent battering from the storm that the next day they begin to throw the cargo overboard. So they lighten the load in the storm because the cargo is heavy and they throw it overboard to try to keep the ship from sinking. Now think about this for a moment. The same cargo that just a few days before they had so carefully placed in the ship because it was so valuable. There were probably some crates that said fragile, handle with care, valuable. And they were being so careful putting all the cargo into the ship. This is valuable. This is what we're transporting. And then a couple of days later, it's worthless to them. They could care less about it. They're just chucking it overboard. Why? Because in the storms of life, we get a new perspective and we start seeing what's really important. When things get serious, we start seeing things differently and we see what's really important. It's in the shipwrecks of life and in the storms of life that our priorities begin to change and we see what is truly valuable. And that's what happened here. They began to see what was truly valuable. And 1 Corinthians 13, 13 tells us what's valuable. Three things will last forever, faith, hope, and love, and the greatest of these is love. There are three values that are eternal, faith, hope, and love, and love is the greatest. So at the end of your life, when it's all been said and done, when the last deal has been closed, when there are no more trivial things to worry about, there are no more people to impress, there are no more birthdays to celebrate, there's only one thing that's gonna matter, Only one thing will be important. How well did you love? How well did you love? You can be super successful. You can be the wealthiest, most successful person on the planet. But if your relationships are all shipwrecks, you're a failure. You're a failure. Life without love, fellowship kind of love, is meaningless. You were made to be in fellowship with God and others. And so at the end of the day, sometimes it's the shipwreck that wakes me up to what's really important. It changes my priorities. There's a real treasure in that. How well are you loving? That's what we're gonna look at in this series. But then there's the treasure of a true commitment because most of us today in our non-committal culture don't understand the value and the treasure of commitment. In Acts 27, verse 30, it says, in an attempt to escape from the ship, the sailors let the lifeboat down into the sea, pretending they were going to lower some anchors from the bow. Then Paul said to the centurion and the soldiers, unless these men stay with the ship, you cannot be saved. So the soldiers cut the ropes that held the lifeboat and let it drift away. The soldiers, Paul first noticed that there were some crew members that were letting down the lifeboat because they're thinking, hey, this ship is sinking. It's barely staying together. And if we get in the lifeboat, then we can be saved. And so they begin to selfishly try to abandon ship and sneak out. And Paul sees them, and he tells the centurion and the Roman guards, hey, God's told me that if these guys leave, then all of you are gonna die. If these guys abandon ship, they're gonna die, and all of you are gonna die. If they're gonna depend on this lifeboat, then God's not gonna save anyone. The centurion, all the Roman guards, they're listening to Paul now. So what do they do? They stop the men, and then what do they do? They cut the ropes to the lifeboat and let it drift away. So that's not an option anymore. That's off the table. You can't abandon ship. That's not one of your options. And in the marriage relationship, you gotta cut the ropes. You gotta cut the ropes to divorce and say, hey, We're in this together. God's got to save us. We're in this together. We're committed in this because if divorce is an option, if the lifeboat lifeboat is always there every day and you're seeing the lifeboat every day, then you're going to take it when times get tough. But you cut the ropes. You cut the ropes and you're committed and you say, hey, we're stuck with each other. We're two broken people, but man, we better work on it. We're just a big shipwreck. But we can build something beautiful if we work at it. And if we follow God's principles, it's not gonna be easy, but we're gonna find the treasure in this. This is the treasure of a true commitment. In Acts 27, 24, it says, 
And he, God said, don't be afraid, Paul, for you will surely stand trial before Caesar. What's more, God and his goodness has granted safety to everyone sailing with you. So God says, Paul, I promise you that this storm is not gonna stop my purpose for you. I told you a long time ago you'd stand trial before Caesar, you had preached the gospel before Caesar, that I had a great plan for you to go to Rome. I told you that, and my plan has not changed. This storm hasn't changed my plan. This shipwreck is not gonna change my plan. And no storm can come into your life and change God's purpose for your life. No shipwreck can come into your life and change God's purpose for your life. When you love the Lord, the Lord's in your life, you're seeking him, it's not gonna change his purpose for you. And maybe you're going through a storm right now, maybe you're going through a shipwreck and you feel like God's forgotten you, no. He's gonna fulfill his great purpose for your life. And many times the pain is a huge part of the purpose. And here's the amazing thing, even my mess ups, even my mistakes, can't keep God's purpose from being fulfilled in my life if I'll turn to him. Nothing can stop God's purpose for your life. It can't be derailed. It can't be denied. God's purpose will prevail. But what's amazing too is God in his goodness has granted safety to everyone sailing with you. So God says, everyone who's in the boat with you, I'm gonna save as well. That means the safest place to be in a storm in life is with godly people, people going the right direction. Not people that have it all together, but people who are going the right direction. That's why you need to be a member of a church family. You need to be a member of a church family. That's so important. You know, the word members and membership comes from the Bible. If you're a member of a club, a member of any society, if you're a member of anything, if you're a member of anything today, did you know that word came from the Bible? That we are all members of one body. We're all members of one body, and so membership is a biblical thing, and God, he commands every one of us who are Christ followers to be a member of a local church family. It's part of God's will for your life. If you're not a part of a church family, a member of a church family, then you're not in God's will. And there are a lot of great churches in this area, but you need to pick one and join one and get connected to become a member this fall, to get out of the stands and into the game, connected, because the safest place to be in the middle of a storm is with godly people. And next Sunday, a week from today, one o'clock from one to three, we have our membership class. It's gonna be huge at all of our campuses from one to three, and you need to sign up. If you don't sign up, forget, just come to it anyway. We feed you, we have childcare. I, I teach the class, it's just two hours, and it's all about what membership is all about. That's how you join Woodland Church, and this is a commitment that will change your life. Usually we're half-heartedly committed to a thousand different things that aren't gonna matter five years from now, much less 50 years from now, or 500 years from now, but I'm telling you, God wants you to commit to a very few things that are gonna last for all eternity, and one of those is becoming a member of a church. And if you're coming to Woodland Church, probably means God wants you to join here and connect to this body so that your needs can be met and you can meet others' needs. So you can be used of God in a powerful way. And so get signed up online and be here next Sunday at one o'clock. It's gonna be amazing. Well, I wanna share with you a third thing, a third treasure that you can find, the treasure of a real peace. Usually it's only in the shipwrecks of life that we find real peace. In Acts 27, 23, it says, for last night an angel of the God to whom I belong and whom I serve stood beside me. Paul said, hey, I'm going through a storm. I didn't even cause this. You know, if they would listen to me, we wouldn't be in this predicament, but I have God beside me. An angel of the God I serve stood beside me. God will never leave me. His presence is with me, and it's God's presence in the middle of the storms and the shipwrecks of life that give you peace because peace has nothing to do with what's going on outside of you. It's all about what God is doing inside of you, and it's a peace you can't explain. That's why Jesus said in John 14, 27, I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart, and the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give, so don't be troubled or afraid. Jesus said, I wanna give you a gift through my Holy Spirit. I want you to have peace in your heart. I'm never gonna leave you. You'll never go through anything that I don't go through it with you. If you're a Christ follower, you'll never go through anything that Christ doesn't go through inside you, through his Holy Spirit. 
And so he will never leave you. He'll never forsake you, even when you can't feel him or see him or understand that he's there. He's there. He'll never leave you or forsake you. That's so good to know. And then he wants to fill you with peace that the world can't explain. And the only time you can experience that, the only time you can discover that gift is when everything else around you is crazy. When everything else around you in your circumstances is confusing because it's buried beneath my circumstances. Peace is always buried beneath my circumstances. If you're waiting for all your circumstances to be perfect, you'll never discover that peace. But when everything around you is in confusion, when all your circumstances are in chaos, when our world today is in chaos, it's so good to know that we can have an inner peace of mind and heart that only comes through Christ. Paul, in the middle of the storm, was totally at peace. Why? He had the presence of God with him. God was giving him a peace and saying, I'm gonna see you through, Paul. Do you have that kind of peace today or are you falling to pieces? You look at the news today, you look at our world today, our world that's falling to pieces, our world that's so confused. And if you don't have that kind of peace, you'll fall to pieces. But God wants to give you that kind of peace. But it's buried beneath your circumstances, it's buried beneath your questions. You see, when we're going through a shipwreck, we start asking God questions. And God says, I can handle it. Bring your questions to me, your doubts, your fears, your anger. God wants us to bring our anger to him and pour it all out on him. And after you've gotten all your anger out, and after you've asked your last question, God will still be there. He may not answer all your questions because he knows that some things we won't understand until we get to heaven. And even if he could answer all of your questions, it wouldn't comfort you. If he told you why, it wouldn't bring comfort. It's only his presence that brings comfort. And after you've asked your last question, he will still be there. He'll still be there holding you. It's like a child who fights going to sleep and taking that nap and fights it and fights it and fights it until finally they just give up and they fall asleep in their daddy's arms. Totally at peace. Some of you have been fighting your heavenly father and it's time for you just to surrender and to feel his peace flood your soul but it's also buried beneath my pain. You will find the greatest peace buried beneath your greatest pain. Some of the greatest treasures are buried the deepest, and and you've got to take the time to find them. Some of the greatest treasures are buried beneath an avalanche of problems and pain. And many times we want to run from the pain, and God says, no, I want you to go right into the pain because the treasure is there in that pain. It's just hard to see right now. There's the treasure of a real peace. See, don't give up. Some of you are about to give up on your marriage. You're about to give up on a friendship because you've been hurt. You're about to give up. Don't give up when you're on the verge of the greatest treasure of your life. Some of you are about to give up because of the pain. You're about to run and abandon ship because of the pain when it's beneath the pain that you're gonna find the greatest treasure you've ever found. Don't give up, we're in the verge of the greatest treasure ever. But then there's a fourth thing and that's the treasure of a supernatural love. You see, in Ephesians 3, 17, Paul says, and I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. That's his prayer for you, and that's my prayer for you in this series, that we'll be able to grasp a little bit of how wide, how long, how high, how deep God's love is for us, this unconditional, unexplainable, supernatural love, and that we'll be filled with that kind of love because here's the secret. You can't love the way we're talking about with human love. Our human love runs out. It has to be supernatural love. God has to do this through us to love the people in our lives. My human love runs out. I need God's supernatural love to love the people in my life because here's the deal. Those of you who are married, when you got married, you probably thought your marriage was like a yacht leaving the harbor. 
shiny and brand new, and your marriage is this perfect marriage where you married the perfect person, and your marriage is a yacht that's just beautiful, and then something happens. You hit the iceberg of indifference, or trust gets torpedoed, or resentment builds up, and the yacht starts to take on water, and you start to go down, and you start to sink, and over time, it becomes a shipwreck. What was once a beautiful yacht is now a shipwreck, but that's just an illusion. Here's the truth. Your marriage started as a shipwreck. Two shipwrecked, broken people come together to share everything. No, your, your marriage started at the bottom of the ocean. And then you get to choose what you're going to do. Are you going to find the treasure in it and start building something beautiful out of all the broken parts to where you build a beautiful yacht out of the treasure that you find? Are you going to let it die? That, that's the question. Are you going to keep tearing it apart? That's the question. You see, all relationships start as shipwrecks because we're all broken. We're all a mess. We just hide it for a while, but it's going to come out in fellowship. It will always come out. And then you have to decide what you do once you realize it's a shipwreck. Once you realize it's a shipwreck, then you've got to start working on it, and you'll find the treasure, treasure that you never dreamed that you could find. And some of you today, you've never received Christ in your life, and so you've never made a commitment to Christ. You've never received his free gift of salvation, so there's no way you can love like this at the deepest level. You need Christ's love to do that. But here's the great news in Micah 7, 19. It says, once again, you'll have compassion on us, God. You will trample our sins under your feet and throw them into the depths of the ocean. When we confess our sins to God and admit that we need him, then he comes into our lives and he forgives us of all our sins and he takes those sins and mistakes and wrongs and he throws them into the deepest part of the ocean. That's 37,000 feet. Throws them into the deepest part of the ocean. He puts up a sign that says, no fishing. It's over with. I've forgiven you. Don't let shame beat you up anymore. You're forgiven. You're cleansed. You're my child. I will never stop loving you. I want us to bow our heads right now. As we kick off this series, my prayer is Paul's prayer in Ephesians. Lord, I pray that you would help us, that you would open our hearts, Lord, just to get a glimpse of how deep and how wide your love is for us. And as we experience that kind of love, it would just change us, Lord, to risk the awkwardness of loving others and being truthful and risk the awkwardness of going deeper and, and risk rejection and, and just love people, Lord, because that's all that's gonna matter when it's all said and done is how well do we love? How well do we love? Do we love you with all our heart and do we love the people in our lives? That's all that's gonna matter. So I pray, Lord, that you would help us and you would love through us. And then, Lord, I pray for those who've never received you, that right now they would just say, Jesus Christ, I need you. I ask you to forgive me of all my sins and all my mess-ups and take them and throw them into the deepest part of the ocean and cleanse me. Come into my life. I accept your free gift of salvation in heaven one day. Be the Lord of my life and help me love. I need your power to love. Lord, I pray that as we start this series, you'd bring healing and strength in relationships, that you would heal brokenness, that we would all realize that we're shipwrecks without you, and we would build beautiful relationships, Lord. And this would be the beginning, Lord. Today is the day. Today is the day where it all changes, and we thank you for that. Where from our trials, we find the greatest treasure. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Do you believe today is the day that God has something great for you? Let's just thank the Lord and affirm what he's telling us in our hearts. He is God. It doesn't matter what's going on in the world today. God is still on the throne and God is still in control. And it's all moving to a crescendo, the crescendo of history, where God will be lifted up and glorified. Well, now we're gonna give back to God. It's our time where we take our offering. Our ushers are gonna come and take the offering and the reason we give at Woodland Church is because we love God and we put him first. And I just really challenge you this fall, put God first in your finances. If you want him to bless the rest, put him first. Whatever area you want God to bless, put him first. Give him the first day of your week and you just did that by coming to church. 
You just did that by worshiping online. You just did that so God can bless the rest of your week. Then give God the first 10 minutes of your day reading God's word and praying before you go off into your day so God can bless the rest of your day. Then give God the first portion of your income so he can bless the rest. And he promises you that blessing, that he will meet your needs, and you cannot give God. And so you can give in the offering right now. You can also take out your smartphone and give by texting the word GIVEWC, that's one word, GIVEWC, to 77977, and that's the way a lot of us give today. And then you can also give online at wc.org give. You can give by mailing in your gift, you can give by giving stocks and assets and just calling the church. There are many ways to give, but give. And then pray for the ministries and the missions of this church. We're reaching out more than ever. There are Christians all over the world that we're ministering to, and there's also just people that don't know Jesus all over the world that we're ministering to. There are people all in our area we're ministering to. And we have over 100 ministries and missions. Pray for our mission in Haiti um, as we're doing amazing work, meeting needs of so many after the earthquake. And pray for all the Christ followers in Afghanistan and everyone who's going through such, such pain there. Let's lift them up and just let them know that we love them and minister to them, and I just am so proud of all the over 100 ministries and missions of Woodland Church. We do so much work right in our area, but we also know that we have a responsibility to the whole world because really, the church is one. If you're a Christ follower in Afghanistan, you're just as important as a Christ follower in Atascacita or the Woodlands. We're all valuable to God, and so let's just give because we love God and we love what he's doing to the ministries of this church. And let's stand, Woodland Church, and let's sing to the Lord as we leave. That's what we do at Woodland Church. We sing to the Lord as an affirmation, as our commitment to him to believe in advance that God is gonna make a way, to believe in advance that God is gonna raise the wreck, to believe in advance that God has something good in store for you. And I know that it may be beneath your circumstances, it may be beneath the hardships, it may be beneath the questions, but it's there. The treasure is there, and we're gonna find it with God's power. Let's just praise him again. Let's just lift the Lord up because he is God, and he's the one that changes your life. Praise you, Lord. Let's sing to him. Hey, church. Thanks for listening to the Woodlands Church with Carrie Shook podcast. By listening, we hope that you're encouraged wherever you are. If you haven't already, we'd love for you to subscribe to our podcast so that you can get the latest messages each week. For more information on Woodlands Church, check out the description for a link to our website and how to connect with us. We hope you have a great week.